I think you're going to love today because today is going to blow your minds. We're about, we're gonna, about to see Jesus in the OT. You know where the OT is? Yes, the Old Testament. Okay. Yes. All right, raise the pinky. Let's say this together. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Ve'ahavta et Adonai Elohecha, Ve'chol levavecha, Uve'chol nefshecha, Uve'chol meodecha, Ve'ahavta lareaha kamocha. Amen. Hero Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. These are the very words of God. Thank you. Please be seated for my words. Are you ready? Title your notes, Luke 24. I'm going to share with you all the story of my life since 2007, and I will um, be very brief, I promise. Pre-2007, and you don't have to take notes on this, I'm sorry, you can just listen. Pre-2007, because um, I don't want you to look back on this one day and be like, oh, these are the notes. Oh, Mr. Dean was talking about 2000. No, you need to know about the stuff in the Bible, but not my life. I did not like to read the Bible. I'm just going to admit that. I, I found it challenging. I found it distant. I found it unintelligible at times. I didn't, um, I, I enjoy some of the stories in the Bible, but just picking up the Bible and just reading it was a chore. Now, I was a missionary in Santiago, Chile for nine years. And it hurts my heart to admit that I didn't like to read the Bible. Now, I did read the Bible because I knew I had to, because I knew I needed to. Jesus said, you will be judged by every word of Scripture. Um, so I knew the Bible was important, but I never enjoyed reading it. Somebody gave me a CD. Do you know what a CD is? It's a little round disc you stick into the thing and it plays music. And they were like, uh, here, you need to listen to this. And I went, oh, cool, thanks. They're like, it changed my life. It was awesome. It's going to blow you away. And I was like, cool. And I threw it in the drawer and closed it. And I was like, like I'm going to listen to some dumb thing. It's some lecture, some conference, whatever. Do people ever give you a book or a something and say, oh, you need to listen to this. Or you need to read this book. And you're like, uh-huh. Do you go and read it right away? No. Abigail says, yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> well, she's the exception. I let that... CD sit in that drawer for one and a half years. As these interns that were interning with us in Chile were leaving to go back to the States, John asked me, have you listened to the CD yet? And I was like, mm, no. He's like, come on, will you promise me? And then I'm like, great. Now I've got to, I've got to keep my promise. So he's making me promise. He promised me you'll listen to it. And I said, okay. He said, promise me you'll listen to it in the next couple of days. Okay, I promise. Now I'm stuck and I got to listen to this thing. So I get it on the drawer and I put it in my computer, pop it in, and I'm in my office. And I hear Ray Vanderlyn begin teaching. It wasn't 45 minutes. I was bawling. I was crying. 
sobbing uncontrolled. I couldn't believe it because the stories he was telling were so powerful. They were just ripping my heart in two. And it's like six hours, like three CDs that I have to listen to. Well, I can't wait to get through them. And it was the first time that Ray Vanderlyn challenged me through the CD to put on a different set of glasses and begin to approach scripture through Hebrew eyes, something that was dormant inside of me came awake for the first time in my life in 2007. And I've never been the same since. And since 2007, I have absolutely loved to read this. I can't wait to find the next nugget, the next treasure. And I know I'm gonna have to dig. I know it's gonna take some time and some work. But we live in the most amazing time in human history because at your fingertips, you have all the knowledge that human beings have at your fingertips. I need a Hebrew-English interlinear Bible. There's one free online. Boom. Now I can read the Hebrew and see the English underneath it. Like, so I can do a word study. There's billions, literally, billions of pieces of information on the World Wide Web that are at your fingertips. There is no excuse for people to not be able to read the Bible and do the kinds of studies that we're going to do in this class. You guys will absolutely be able to do that. And in fact, the most fun is when you find your own. You discover something that you're like, what do you think about this? And you always share it with somebody. And if they think, ah, oh, you're crazy, you might be onto something, right? Um, Share it with me. Share it with your friends. Share it with a mom and dad. And when you're wearing those Hebrew glasses, if you're onto something, God has shown you something, it'll change your life. It'll change your life even, it'll change your life even if you never find anything, but it'll definitely change your life. So that's the reason I'm taking you to Luke 24. And that's what this lesson is called, Luke 24, because Luke 24 for me, Mark Dean, is kind of my... Uh, Mission statement, it's my, um, what do you call it? My slogan. It just, it kind of defines me, okay? So Luke 24, what in the world are we doing here? Luke is the third book of the four gospels. Uh, Luke 24, this is toward the end. A little bit of context. Jesus has just, few minutes ago, hours ago, been resurrected, the first and only human being in the history of the world to have been resurrected from the dead. All the other people that were ever raised from the dead were only resuscitated because they went and died again, right? Lazarus had to die again unless he's still walking around somewhere. You see Lazarus? I don't. So he probably died again. So did um, anybody who's ever been raised from the dead except Jesus. Jesus never died again. So he's the first fruits. Now, he's walking on the road to a little town about seven miles, I think, from Jerusalem called Emmaus. And American, has, uh, American culture has captured that Emmaus walk and now there's a thing that people can go on a weekend and do a walk to Emmaus. And they get a little bracelet full of swivels and stuff and they, and they have this time. It's probably awesome. I've never done it, but it's probably awesome. And that's where it comes from. Also, Jesus is going to meet a guy named Cleopas. And many scholars think this is the same Cleopas that is Clopas, who is Jesus' uncle, which makes the story even crazier, okay? So, totally aside, but I want you to write this down. 
there's some clues to what your resurrected body might be like in Luke 24. How many of you have ever wanted to fly? I think all of us. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just go and just take off and fly? The question is, did Jesus ever fly? He sure did. He ascended into heaven before them. He just, just grab, grab engine. And it's like, so if Jesus could do that, either God was doing that to him, tractor beam, or Jesus had the ability to do that. And if Jesus knew body, which was physical, by the way, could fly, maybe it's an indication that our resurrected bodies will also be able to. Paul seems to say, your body's going to be exactly like his. We won't look like each other. I mean, you'll, I'll look like me and you'll look like you. I think our eyes will be the same because they're the window to the soul. But, you know, if you die at 16, will you be forever 16 in heaven? Or if you die when you're 85, will you be like a little 85-year-old in heaven? I mean, we don't know. I think we'll look more like our insides. And I don't mean our blood and guts. I mean our spirits. If you could draw someone's spirit or their soul and put it in physical, that's what we'd look like. Okay? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, because he was only resuscitated. Okay. He was not resurrected from the dead in the same way that Jesus was. Because Lazarus died a second time, didn't he? Yeah. Jesus called him out of the grave four days later. He comes out. Whoa, it's crazy. Everybody, huh? But then he aged and maybe got into an accident, fell off a bridge. He died. I don't know. But he died again. Jesus never died. So Jesus was resurrected Lazarus was resuscitated. So no, Lazarus had no powers other than what you have. And last time I tried to fly, it didn't work very well, right? I, I can't walk on water very well either. There's some other cool things that Jesus does in Luke 24. He can apparate. If you're a Harry Potter fan, just instantly travel from one place to the next. Jesus does this several times. The disciples are in gathered, they're praying and they're sad and the doors are locked and Jesus literally goes and just materializes right in front of him and goes, he literally says, what's up guys? He says, shalom. That's what you do in Hebrew. That's how you say, hey, how's it going? Shalom. And Jesus goes, shalom. And they're like, ah! and he breathes on them, which sounds weird. And, he, and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And then he's like, da, 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 you know, we're talking about this, talking about that. And then he goes, and he's gone. And they're like, did we just see that? That's a clue, number two. Also, Jesus can change his appearance at will. He can either keep your eyes from recognizing me or he can shapeshift and just alter because even his own uncle doesn't recognize him. Mary doesn't recognize him. Mary. So that's the third clue. Um, and also Jesus can walk through walls. So he apparently solid physical objects aren't a problem because even though Jesus has a physical body, it, the, it's a different physical reality because he can just go right through a wall because it, it did say that he walked into the door. So 
He's sitting at a table. I, I got that wrong. He walks through the wall and says shalom to everybody. When he's sitting explaining the Torah later on, he suddenly vanishes, the Bible said. That's when he apparates. And of course, he doesn't die. He just vanished from their sight. So he has the ability to come in and out of the dimension that he's in right now. Why do you say he's in a dimension? It's the only logical thing. And logic is something that is an expression of the mind of God. Meaning, how could Jesus be here with us and be in heaven if heaven is somewhere else? He can't be in two places at once. God can be everywhere at once, but Jesus is is the human expression of God. And Jesus will forever be human. Forever, for all eternity, he will be human. He will be Jewish. He will be a Jewish rabbi forevermore. Think about that. It kind of blows you away. But um, Jesus can't be in two places at once. So I think he's here with us, but we can't perceive him because we've got this five, play, five ways to contact our universe. That's it. I can smell it. I can touch it. I can taste it. I can hear it and I can feel it. That's it. I don't have any other ways to contact reality. So Jesus does. He's got a sixth, maybe a seventh, an eighth, and a ninth. And, and he can just kind of bloop in and out. Bloop, you know. So pretty cool. That's the total aside. And I wasn't even going to talk about that today. What I was going to talk about was the road to Emmaus and where Jesus went. Okay, so follow along with me. Verse 13 of chapter 24 of Luke. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. Now, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, <laughs> what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? It sounds so ridiculous like that. What he said is, what's up guys? Hey, what are you guys talking about? Okay. And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, like what? Or what things? And they said to him, and this is my translation, hello, <laughs> concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the... How our chief priests and rulers delivered him up and to be condemned to, you're not, no, to be condemned to death and crucified him. Okay, well, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women in our company amazed us. They, they were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they'd even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Are you not? Okay, well, some of those who were with us went to the tomb. They found it just as the women had said, but they didn't, him they did not see. That's pretty cool, right? These guys are like, can you imagine? I'm in New York. It's September 12th, 2001. Why is everybody all sad? What? What happened? Seriously? Yeah, look. Where'd the World Trade Center go? Are you kidding right now? No, I'm not kidding. Where have you been? I don't know. I just sort of woke up and everything was different. 
are you like the only guy in New York that doesn't know what, are you serious, right? Yeah, it would just be crazy, right? You'd be like, you're an idiot. That's kind of like, are you for real right now? You don't know what's been going on? This is the only thing that's been going on in Jerusalem for the past several days, okay? And Jesus says, oh, foolish ones. So slow of heart to believe all that the prophets said. And this is the verse that changes my life forever. Verse 27. Well, let me read 26. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then verse 27, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, interpreted to them all in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Mark Dean speak, Jesus explained to these two guys how the books of Torah, Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and the prophets from Hosea, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all the way down to Malachi, all had stories that point to Jesus. And these two Jews who knew the Bible like the backs of their hands, they'd been in synagogue every Sabbath since they could, were born. They knew the scriptures and they were like, what? Are you serious? No way that's been hidden in plain sight. It's right there all along. And I think their minds were blown. And Jesus, my question is, where did Jesus take them? So I want to take you to a few places where I think Jesus took them. And it's really fun and it's really cool. The first one, let's just start there at the beginning. I think Jesus took them to, this is where it gets exciting. What has been hidden in plain sight? How many of you love genealogies? Oh yeah. How many of you love biblical genealogies? Okay, good. One, maybe two people. That's like saying, how many of you like to read the phone book? Or the dictionary. Oh, I love the dictionary. I'm all the way through K's. Are you crazy? So most people hate genealogies because they're full of names you can't pronounce. And it's just boring. Go to Genesis 5. We're going to go to a boring genealogy. If you've heard this before, don't, don't, uh, don't worry. You, know, you don't have to answer the questions. You don't have to do the punchline. So Genesis 5. Who does it start with? Okay, Adam, who does it end with? Noah. Noah. And in Hebrew, you say Noach. Say Noach. 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 Okay, good. Adam had a son. Actually, he had two. They kind of got, one got angry at him and conked him on the head, probably with a rock, killed him. So then pff, he was banished. And so they had another son. What'd they name him? Seth. Seth. And Hebrew says set, and set means um, uh, set. It tells you in Genesis three or five, I, I can't remember. She tells you what the name means. Eve does, and Eve named him Seth, for God. Blah blah blah. Whenever it gives you a name and then tells you a sentence after that, that's usually what the name means. It's kind of cool. What does it say? That's awesome. 
Set means appointed. Elohim set e bar or ben something. I don't even know the structure in Hebrew, but God appointed to me a son. So his name was Set. All right. What was Set? Seth's son's name. Okay. And you say Enosh. Enosh. All right. Enosh had a son. Who was it? Are you reading it? It's Genesis 5. Canaan. Canaan. Good. Sounds like Canaan. Canaan had a son. Good. Mahalalel. Mahalalel. Is that Mahalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalalal
the Nephilim, let's open up that can of worms, okay? The whole long life thing and what the Nephilim are and all that good stuff. And we're going to get there. That's what people think, but there's a whole lot better interpretation, but you'll see it. Canaan, what does Canaan mean? Well, Canaan means inheritance. Now, I would like that name. Hey, inheritance. Yeah? Whoa. Uh, Hey, when's dad going to (laughs) die? What? Well, you know, so I can get my inheritance. That's the prodigal son, by the way. When he demands his share of the property, a Jew hears, I wish you were dead. Because you don't get your inheritance until the father dies. So when the younger son says, I want my money. What's he telling the dad in picture? I wish you were dead. So it, wow, it really blows the story open a little more. So his name is Inheritance. I don't think he wanted his dad dead. I'm just saying, Inheritance, come here. Uh, yeah, when am I going to get that anyways? Well, you're only 700. So, you know, maybe when you're 850. Oh, I don't want to wait that long. Okay, what is Mahalalel? Well, you can see the word halal. What is halal? It's not hello. It's in a really famous word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallel, praise. Ooh, you. Yahweh. It's the short version of Yahweh. So it's praise you, God. When you say hallelujah, you're actually saying praise you, God. So hallel means praise. And you're going to love this. Um, It means praised or blessed. I didn't share with you the best part. The word in Hebrew for God is, one of them is El. So anybody from here on out for the rest of your life, if they have a biblical name with the word El in it, it means God. So Mahalalel, praised or blessed God. Canaan named his son, praised or blessed God. I bet I know why. They may have struggled having kids. And finally, when his poor wife finally conceived, it was Blessed are you, God. Praise be to God. That's why I would name my kid that. Is he is a miracle, right? Cool. What does Yared mean? Well, Yared means, oh, this is a sad one. Shall go down. Imagine again looking into your son's eye or your daughter's eye and you name him. You're going down. <laughs> what does that mean? Like on the floor or like in life? Enoch. Methuselah, Lamech, Noah. Noah is another one of those names. At the end of Genesis 5, they will tell you what Noah's name means because, and they named and had a son named Noah for he will, and here comes the name. What does it say? Yes. Did you know that Noah meant comfort? I didn't know that. It also means rest. What does Lamech mean? I had to look this up. Up. This is another one. How sad. I'm going to name you overthrown or conquered. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. Uh, I'll try to live up to that, mom. Oh, conquered. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's not. What? That's exactly what lament comes from. It comes from lamech. It's 
what do you do when you are overthrown and when you are captured and you are being taken away? You lament. So Lamech is, is kin to that word. Methuselah, this is pretty cool. Met, mut, in Hebrew, dead. In English, mort. Everything mort is dead. Mortuary, mortician, uh, morbid, uh, mortal means can die. Immortal can't die. So already this guy's got death in his name. Met who your death selah shall bring. And I want to tell you the story about Methuselah. Uh, it means your, or actually his death, not uh, who means his. His death shall bring. Now, why did they name him? His death shall bring. Guys, I want to open your eyes to God. We haven't gotten to Jesus yet, but I want to open your eyes to another way that you can see God and understand your God. Why would they name him Methuselah? His name means your death shall bring. Methuselah lived 969 years. 